When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was, was a bit of a, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios in beautiful downtown Bedabbler City, home of Radish Diff. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine provider. Gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And my partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. We're also doing a little bit more on Instagram. Check that out at Weird Medicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your healthcare provider. Uh, please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. Tis the season uh, to uh, do your holiday shopping online. So go to stuff.drsteve.com, S-T-U-F-F.drsteve.com. You could just click straight through, or you could go down and look at the roadie uh, uh, tuner, robotic tumor, uh, tumor, robotic tumor, robotic tutor. Jesus, it's not that either. But they do have a guitar tutor, though, at the robotic tuner site at roadie.drsteve.com, or you can just go to, as I said, drsteve.com and scroll down. Great gift for anyone who either wants to learn to play a stringed instrument or who already has one. And then tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID. 
no clue if we are still getting anything from that, but I know the link still or the code still works. Use offer code FLUID. You get 33% off your order of the best earbuds uh, for the price on the Internet. And they are a Franklin, Tennessee company. We should go Mm -hmm. visit them. Yeah. And uh, Patreon is active again. So uh, we had a lot going on and weren't paying as much attention to the Patreon site as we should have, but uh, just did a live stream there last night and answered live questions from patrons and stuff. It's fun. If you ask a question there, it will be answered 100% of the time. Check it out, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. And also having a blast doing cameos. I'm back to five bucks because we attained that weird gold status. (laughs) And I appreciate everyone that got a cameo uh, that got us to gold status. I still don't know what it is. No clue what gold status is. <laughs> but you but are that. it's still fun to do. Yeah, but we are that. Uh, cameo.com slash weird medicine. I'll basically say anything fluid to you, mama. I did one for um, a guy, and uh, uh, it was a, a person named Smitty, and he'd been a fan of the show forever, and I just took him on a tour of the studio and showed him my favorite pictures of, you know, people I got autographs with and stuff and showed him the ham radio crap. And it's just, you know, I, I try to have fun with it. Um, yeah. Even Myrtle got in on that one. Oh, good. Yeah. good. Cause, uh, Everybody loves her. Well, she's a kid, and I'll tell you that. You to get she's old, a nightmare. You ought to get old Myrtle to do one of them camis for you. No. She sit on her porch and, and talk about possum That's gray enough. sandwiches. And That's nap time. A little swamp water and a little crust of bread. You don't need nothing else. That's good eating, I'll tell you that. All right, anyway. So check that out. Cameo.com slash weird medicine. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. Did you... Uh, uh, Notice that I placed an order for CBD nasal spray. Yeah, I did. I saw the and an order you, for three, and did you bring it? <laughs> no. Oh <my> <laughs> you guys, I mean, you can ship it to me. It's fine, but I got used to the last couple of times I ordered it. You you just brought it I to know. me. No special delivery for Doctor Steve and I. Mm, kind okay. of dropped the All CBD. Right. I'm actually out, so I'm. Uh, Looking He's forward to getting that. Jonesing for it. Oh, no. we'll <laughs> I'm not really it. jonesing for it, <laughs> but it is um, it, it is um, a part of my nighttime uh, routine, a.k.a. Mm. my ablutions, which is a word no one uses anymore. No, I don't even For a good up. reason. Yeah. Um, let's, let's get um, – <laughs> for a good reason. Well, <laughs> yeah. Tacey and I have this running argument. She thinks that the uh, <laughs> that language should just evolve any old way it wants to, and I think <laughs> that the reason Webster made a dictionary was to keep heresy from creeping into the language. That's why you have – organized religion, right? right, is to keep heretical views from creeping in, just sort of taking over as things morph. And God forbid you say I when you should say me <laughs> oh, or, good or vice versa. Okay, so, Fun to watch TV with. These, Big fun. Well, it's just reality TV because people are dumb and they're on there and they'll say, oh yeah, Becca and I's relationship. It's like, oh, oh that goes all over me. No, me too. It kills me. 
Hey, my grandmother used to write me letters. Or, or I, me and Scott do X, Y, and Z. That one drives me crazy, too. There's reasons why there are rules, yep. and it's because if you don't do the rules, you sound dumb. Like but, that, anyway. yeah. but, yeah, it, but I've been like that forever because my grandmother used to literally write me letters, and then I'd write her a letter back, and then she'd highlight, she'd read, she'd correct oh, my grammar and mail SP it back. SP minus three. And then she'd mail, mail it back to me. That's <laughs> hilarious. She would, she, would, she would correct my grammar and mail it back to me. <laughs> so I always had like PTSD every time I saw these red marks on my letters. I'm like, damn, what'd I do this time? I know. Well, I had a, I, I have a journalism minor. Yes, sir. So that's hard to get that out of your yep. head. Agreed. And then um, I had a teacher, his name was Tex Wood, when I was at... Um, uh, in, in school as a as a kid, and he was extremely strict about certain things. And if you said a person that instead of a person who, you would get an F. <laughs> and I wrote a, a, a paper about Moby Dick, and we had to use certain words, so prelapsarian was one of them. Okay. I had to use the word prelapsarian in there. And uh, if you did, he would circle that and give you extra points. <laughs> and so he was kind of easy to work. But my the first sentence was Moby Dick is about uh, you know a um, a ship's captain that and he marked it first sentence <laughs> marked it out and put F and just gave it back to me. But I never <laughs> made that, <laughs> never made that fucking mistake. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Old Tex Wood. Oh, I'll say this. You've got, still got PTSD from that? I do, a little bit. Uh, but I, I learned a lot from him, though. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. You never did it twice. He was the soccer coach, and uh, he would put me in, and he knew I smoked. <laughs> and he would put me in as, like, right wing, and I'd be holding up my hand to be taken out of the game, and he would just ignore me. <laughs> I'd be dying out there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Fucking text, oh my gosh! All oh. right, um, I do. Uh, <laughs> we had a question from uh, the Fluid family right from Johnny Longfeather, and so we should get that one on, under uh, our belt. Let's first. do it. You want to? You want to bring I'll, it to us? I'll bring it to the table. So I have a question about prostatic fluid. Yes, that comes out when I poop. Yes, absolutely. Good so question. first thing, number one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. So that was really one of the first questions we ever answered, mm -hmm. and it was not even on the show. It was the first day that we went to SiriusXM, and they called me in to sit in with Opie and Anthony. I had no idea they were going to do that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for anything. They just said, yeah, next break, Dr. Steve's going to come in. And I was like, what? I, thought, I just thought I was going to sit on the bleachers all day. And one of the first things that uh, they had people call in medical questions, somebody called in this exact question, that when he moves his bowels, mm. um, prostatic fluid comes out. So it's not an ejaculation, because I attribute that, or I, or I associate that with an orgasm. Right. This is purely fluid dynamics. So this person has large, hard... American stools mm -hmm. and has uh, prostatic congestion. So remember, the back part of the prostate is the front part of the rectum. Mm -hmm. And so when you take a big, giant American turd and you pass it by a slightly enlarged prostate, maybe it hasn't been emptied out recently, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know? Masturbate. I love to masturbate. Um, it could be that, or um, he could have been recently 
stimulated in a sexual way and did not complete the transaction, which we would then call blue balls, but it's prostatic, <laughs> prostatic congestion. Right. And uh, fluid dynamics dictates that fluid will follow the path of least resistance. So when you pass that turd pass there, it, it's, it does a prostatic massage, the fluid uh, pressure builds up in the prostate, and it's got to go somewhere, so it goes out the end of the penis. Yep. We will um, uh, induce this in the physician's office or provider's mm -hmm. office, uh, particularly if someone is complaining of maybe prostatitis. Right. Uh, and you can bend them over and lube them up and stick your finger in. Should we have some music the, for this? Uh, that's that's going for. <laughs> there we go. That's better. You stick your finger in their <laughs> rectum and uh, you uh, find the, the prostate. And if they're, if they're bending over, then the prostate will be parallel to the floor, right? So it'll be on the downside right. of that rectum. And you feel sort of this rubbery walnut thing, but when it's really infected or if it's got prostatic congestion, it'll be boggy mm -hmm. and uh, it will be um, soft. Mm -hmm. So basically, you just, um, I can get rid of that music. <laughs> uh, you, you massage down the right side, then down the left side, and then you sort of crook your finger and come right down the midline, and all of a sudden, fluid will come out of the patient's. Uh, urethra out of the urethral meatus, or mm. a.k.a. the cockle. Mm. Now, if you don't warn them about that, they're going to be cussing Ooh, you. So you got to say, I'm going to express fluid mm -hmm. from your prostate. Give them a slide or a Petri dish and hold it yep. under the uh, urethral meatus so that they're prepared for it. Because there's nothing worse than... Um, Somebody thinking, oh, well, that doctor made, you know, made me ejaculate. You right. know, what kind of a weirdo are they? You got right. to explain this stuff to them. Mm -hmm. So the medical students out there don't do this stuff right. without explaining. Tell them what it. you're doing first. Yes. So they know what to expect. Yeah. Pap smears, everything. everything. Always say, I'm everything. getting ready to touch you. I'm yep. getting ready to, you know, you just say what you're doing, yes. particularly if they can't see. So I say, yes, basically they've got their back to you. Yeah, they've got yeah. their back to you. Yep. You've got to give them some warning. Yep. So anyway, so and then you could look at it under the microscope or whatever, right. and if there's white blood cells in there, you've made the diagnosis, so you can treat them, you do whatever. So um, this uh, person is doing sort of that themselves. They're doing a prostatic massage just with fecal matter rather than with uh, you know, a, a provider's finger up their mm -hmm. ass. So that's what that is. Uh, if it's happening a lot, even though you're keeping the uh, pipes cleaned out, mm -hmm. Uh, then I would, uh, yeah, just get your prostate checked by mm -hmm. somebody next time you're in there. I don't think if you're not having any other symptoms, it's not a big emergency. Yep. But it is not an orgasm. It is not an ejaculation. It is purely fluid. And it is not uncommon. Yeah, not uncommon. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. So since we're talking about penises and prostates and stuff, um, I have a new drop that I'll be using from time to time okay. on the show. And uh, I found this. Uh, this was actually on the Creep Off uh, subreddit. So if people don't know what the Creep Off is, it's uh, Carl and Vinny. They're the hosts, and it is a comedy true crime show f actually for men or that men will enjoy because all other true crime shows are for Tacey. <laughs> uh, am, am I wrong? 
I mean, I mean they're I mostly for girls. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I'm going to have to find one for a trip I'm coming going on soon. Yeah, well, okay. so I don't, I'll need your help with that. Oh yeah, well, uh, Tukey Soup, uh, oh, Be Dabbling Live. I'm not sure. <laughs> no. Maybe I don't need your no, help. No, uh, <laughs> you might have to tackle that on your own days. But. Uh, uh, the, yeah, so but this is one. Well, the creep off is a good one, Taste. And I was on, if you ever want to go back and listen to one that your old pal was on, it's called uh, Concrete Enema. <laughs> and it was, I did it before I, I knew how to um, interface with another show where the audio was right. And so I had this production where I had Dave, um, uh, David C. Robertson from DC On Screen read. Uh, um, this story about this serial killer in his sort of Joker voice, and I had music and everything, but it, the system stripped all the music out, so it sounds kind of dumb. Mm. But uh, David did a great job, and uh, check that out if you're interested in DC superhero movies, which mm. Scott is shaking his head mm-hmm. vigorously. Can't uh, wait, no. me either. But DC on screen is the best one. But anyway, so I was on the Creep Off Reddit, and I found this. This is the greatest video of anyone ever being arrested of all time, <laughs> and it's in Australia. And what happened was the police were alerted that there was an international criminal oh. in this restaurant eating Chinese food. Well, it was a case of mistaken identity. Oh, geez. This guy was an artist, and they picked the wrong guy. And I wish that uh, you guys could see it, but I will uh, do a live stream on our YouTube channel, um, maybe even tonight, and uh, we'll play it so you can see it. But you could just look it up. It's uh, Charles Doza, or Dosha, D-O-Z-S-A, uh, eating a succulent Chinese meal. And here it is. So here's the, here's the actual um, audio of it. So, okay, first thing he does is he comes out. The cops have the door open. There's cops surrounding him. Oh, and he just comes out and he just slams the, the door shut <laughs> for the cop car. <laughs> you just assured me that I could speak. Sit down inside the car. You're not assuring anything. I'm under arrest. Look, I'm under what? <laughs> You're under arrest. I'm under what? <laughs> so now there's... Gentlemen, this is democracy manifest <laughs> now they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to get him in the car and there's five of them trying to push him in the car and he isn't going anywhere no. have a look at the headlock here see that chap over there get your hand off my penis <laughs> <laughs> every line is a gem get your hand off my penis just remember that for later get your hand off my penis <laughs> This is the bloke who got me on the penis before. <laughs> now, he says this like he's introducing somebody to someone else. This is the bloke who had his hand on my penis before. <laughs> Why did you do this? Pop in the car. For what reason? What is... Now they have him in um, a half Nelson. Charge, oh, no. eating a meal. A succulent Chinese meal. Yeah, he, he has... A succulent Chinese meal. Wait a for what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? <laughs> oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Now, he's being, he's being ironic here. This guy's trying to get him in a headlock, and what he has is the, the, the cop has his elbow in front of 
his neck okay. and his hand on his shoulder. This is not a headlock. Whoa. So he's being uh, sarcastic, and it's quite <laughs> hilarious. So it's, it's quite the headlock you've got there, sir. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well. <laughs> I see that you know your judo well. He's being completely sarcastic. That's what I would do. Piss him off. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? How dare get you? <laughs> so they got him pushed in front of the car. There's a guy in the car going to grab his legs, right? And oh. he says, oh, and you, sir, are you, pre- are you uh, prepared to accept my limp penis? How dare you, sir? Do your judo well. Here we go. Good one. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? How dare get your hands on me. So now they're, oh they, they've gosh. got him by the legs and they're pulling him into the car and his last words are ta-ta and farewell. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest guy in the world. Anyway, there's a little bit more. But uh, so if so if you uh, guys ever piss me off, I've just got this new uh, drop. Get your hand off my penis! <laughs> so, so there you go. That, that, t- that replaced the uh, medium length um, <laughs> the medium length give my give thyself a bell. I still have the long one and the Ooh. short one, but get your hand off my penis. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I like the one about the, the headlock, though. That is funny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, quite, let's, God, I see you know your judo well. <laughs> it's like, it's, just looking at the guy, and it's so. Uh, Anyway, it's hilarious. What's the guy look like? Is he a big dude? He's a he's a pretty, pretty big dude. He was yeah, a okay. burly dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> I've actually found, and I'll go over this on the live stream oh because gosh. I just love this so so much. And there's um, people at uh, the comments on the video are like, I have to watch this every day to start my day. Oh, <laughs> it's so <gosh>. brilliant. <laughs> and uh, apparently, he's an artist. And he's a very accomplished <laughs> artist, and you could, you know. He, his, he's a little eccentric, but and he said that uh, it. it was it, it, they just came in and surrounded him. He's like, "What the hell's going on?" He was not the person they were looking no. for, no. and uh, and he said that he had was influenced by the uh, fruit of the grape uh, as well. So that had something to do. With it. <laughs> the fruit of the grape. I wonder how many grapes. Ta-ta and fermented grapes he consumed that day. So great. So anyway, hey, Tacey, have you got uh, Tacey's time of topics? Yes, I do. Okay. Get your hand off my penis! <laughs> of course, I will abuse that until everyone's oh, sick of it. It's Tacey's time of topics. A time for Tacey to discuss topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacey. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Tacey. Hello. So this first one is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Okay. But if you need to go That's to the perfect. bathroom, now is the no, time. No, perfect for the show. Um, this is called the Pigeon's Rump Cure. Mm-hmm. Physicians in the 19th century employed innumerable strange treatments, but this one is very bizarre. Summoned to treat a dangerously ill child one night in 1850, 
This physician had little success with conventional medicine, so in desperation, <laughs> okay, I'm reading. He asked the parents to get him a pigeon, mm-hmm. and then placed its bottom next to that of its young patient. After the bird had been applied to the child's anus, he recorded in a medical journey, it ga- journal, it gasped for air several times, closed its eyes periodically, then its feet twitched in spasm, and finally it vomited. The child made a miraculous recovery. Although the same could not be said for the pigeon, after refusing its food, it died a few hours later. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading where this has been written up in other medical journals back in the day. And I wish I had Charles Doza. You know, you could do AI. I, I need, I need oh. to feed his thing in there, and then I could have it read stuff. But if one holds the rump of a dove against the child's anus during the fit, the animal soon dies and the attack ceases just as rapidly. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? Get your hand off my penis! <laughs> oh, goody. Here we go. <laughs> um... Oh, wait one. a minute. Oh, my goodness. They did it for other things. Here they were treating preeclampsia with that as well. With a pigeon rump? Or eclampsia. Eclampsia is a serious condition affecting women before, during, and after childbirth. The name literally means bursting forth. I, yeah. Preeclampsia is bad. It's when it turns into eclampsia that it is really, extremely really bad. Yeah. bad. Uh, okay, so until the 19th century, doctors also referred to the eclampsia of children. Uh, this was a misnomer. Uh, it was infant seizures, what they were looking at. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Carl Frederick Canstat, was that the same person, taste that you read? This was all over the place no. then. This is a different person. No. One remedy I must mention here whose unequivocal uh, effects I have myself witnessed, however inexplicable the phenomenon. If one holds the rump of a dove against the child's anus during paroxysm, the animal quickly dies and the attack ceases just as rapidly. Huh. Wow. And it was, uh, yeah, there's story after story in the old medical literature about this. How in the hell did that get started? I mean, why would somebody have thought so of that? So stupid. Yeah, yeah. That's there's. Well, listen. Of course, when you don't a, have any other options, I a guess. lot of. Well, I Let's mean, seriously though. Even if I have anus. no other options, I'm not killing a pigeon and shoving it up against. Well, why did the pigeon die? Did they actually shove it into the anus, I don't or know. just set it next to? Probably, the anus? if you want to hold a pigeon up to a kid's anus, mm-hmm. it's going to fight you, and you're just going to end choke up. It. Oh, yeah, choke it. Yeah, That's the only out. thing I can think of. Okay. But. Um, yeah, even if I had no other options, I wouldn't think of that. Mm-hmm. The uh, but listen, at the time, this these people were saying, "Hey, you ought to give it a try." It used to be mal- medical malpractice to treat congestive heart failure people with beta blockers, and the theory at the time was that you're reducing the contractility of the heart and you're actually making it worse. Uh, now it's malpractice if you don't put people on that. So these things do change over time. So if that was accepted medical uh, uh, for, you know, even a brief instant mm-hmm. m- medical knowledge that we finally uh, 
you know, find out the truth. Well, <laughs> thankfully, isn't it? Well, well yeah. here's story number two. <clears throat> All right. When Mr. H., a pharmacist assistant from London, fell ill in the spring of 1842, nobody suspected the real cause. The 35-year-old had always suffered from asthma, so his family naturally assumed this was the reason that he was struggling to breathe. Mm -hmm. But this time, the usual remedies, enemas, bleeding, laxatives, failed to have any effect. God, enemas. Can you imagine you're having an asthma attack and someone's shoving a tube up your ass? I mean, sounds fun. And when his doctor (laughs) performed an autopsy, they were astonished to find a partial set of dentures lodged inside the patient's chest cavity. The man's father recalled that the dead man had accidentally swallowed them 13 years earlier. The doctors concluded that he had, in fact, inhaled the false teeth, which had become lodged in his airway before causing the fatal more than a decade later. Oh, I, I'm I'm suspicious of that timeline. I think he swallowed them. It ended up in his stomach, never went anywhere, and then at some point he aspirated them. Mm-hmm. You know, they got they worked their way back up. Oh. He had a reflux episode, and they're probably partially broken down. Mm-hmm. He had a reflex episode, a reflux episode. And the he regurgitated these things, and then it ended up in his airway. If he had had dentures in his airway for 13 years, he would have known about it. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah. I mean, if you just get a tiny bit uh, of uh, hair, steak, or a hair in there, you're going to cough like a lunatic. Yeah. Well, and you got to yeah, figure too. Wrong getting 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 those dentures into that in, in that airway. And it was a partial. Yeah, a part, so, well, but still, yeah, could have just been two teeth. It'd be tough to but. get. Going down that way. Correct. It's easier to get coming up, like you said, yeah. if you aspirate it. Yeah, he's probably drunk. Yep. I mean, allegedly. I allegedly. don't want him to assume me. Laying on their side or laying on their back. Yep, laying on their back. Vomits regurgitate, bit, yep. regurgitate these things that's been sitting in his stomach all this time because yep. he couldn't pass it. Yep, that would make sense. That would be my guess. I'm with Dr. Steve on this. All right. Okay. Good one, Tacey. Good one. The next one is in the summer of 1859, a 12-year-old girl from London named Sarah began to complain of nausea. Her parents remained unconcerned until one afternoon she vomited a large garden slug, which was alive and very active. Oh, don't eat slugs. Sarah Ann then threw up seven more slugs of various sizes, but all alive. Asked if she'd eaten anything unusual, the girl told the family doctor that she'd like to snack on lettuces from the garden. The physician concluded that she had unwittingly swallowed a family of young slow slugs that had grown to maturity inside her stomach over what? the course of several weeks. Wow. The case prompted one of the best headlines. Oh, yeah. What was the headline? The answer. Uns- oh, well. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a teaser. Yeah. Drum I roll. Know. Drum roll. We need a drum roll. Hmm. Hmm. Well, oh, I think I one know. of the best oh, headlines. Oh, I, I, I have the headline right here. The next, okay, Get what, your what is, hand off my penis! Okay, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, it, then it goes from the best headlines, and it must have skipped a page because it says, Okay. The answer, unsurprisingly, is no, they cannot. Whatever was wrong with Sarah Ann, it was not a family of mollusks content, contentedly munching on no. vegetables in her stomach. Exactly right. She ate slugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, there was a kid that ate a slug and he died from it. But in, nor, slugs are not poisonous, but they can um, have toxins on their surface. Okay. And, um, you know, they uh, they create 
mucus and serotonin, which makes them sort of nasty mm -hmm. in their slime. But this kid got a parasite from the slug and he died oh, from it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That'd be a hard way to go. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. She ate slugs. She's a damn liar is what it is. <laughs> she just didn't want to say, well, allegedly, hey, yeah, again, allegedly, yeah. I don't want her to sue me for defamation. <laughs> when was this? 18. Okay. I mean, it's been All right. a she, She's dead. She's a liar. <laughs> she okay. ate slugs and was embarrassed. She was, yeah, she was having Because I'm sure her mother distress. said, you didn't eat slugs, did you? And she was like, no, mama. No, of course not. <laughs> no, Mater. I, I ate lettuce from the lettuce from the garden. From, yeah, I can't. Okay, it's the next terrible. one. Terrible. <laughs> I'm not even trying to do an accent. I'm just trying to do a little kid. Oh yeah. Is um, one of the most commonly encountered medical conditions in the 18th century was bladder stones. Mm. The only effective treatment was the operation known as litho lithotomy. Yeah, performed without anesthetic. That it would was be where they cut the stone out. So otomy meaning cutting. Okay. Ostomy meaning making a hole. A hole. Otomy meaning cutting. It was excruciatingly painful and patients often died. Did they say how they did it? No. Okay, let's get the procedure. Oh, bladder stone. Why did, I can why only did think so of many two. people have stones back then? Well, this guy invented a new instrument, a Hard file one. made from a knitting needle. He inserted this implement up his own urethra three to four times a day and used it to file away the stone bit by bit. Oh. This was an uncomfortable experience, but apparently better than ending in a painful operation. And remarkably, six months later, he declared himself cured. You know what's crazy? Oh. Is, wow. I just realized this. That when we put a woman in stirrups, we call it dorsal lithotomy position. And it just struck me that this is a holdover from way back in the day when they actually did lithotomies. I always wondered why it was called, you know, stone cutting. Yeah, lith, lith being stone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dorsal lithotomy. It's like, you know, that's, you know, with your feet up in the stirrups. Sure. In the, I was in dorsal lithotomy position when I had my um, uh, vasectomy. Right. Can you imagine doing that, running that file up there? All I can think of is is how how awful the camera that no. you and I both had. It was, jeez. <clears throat> yeah, I felt like I was pissing razor oh, blades for gosh. you know two days. Can you imagine? No, I really. <laughs> Why were they having so many bladder stones? I, I, was, I don't know. I'm guessing I mean, hard water, maybe, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that would be my guess. I mean, that'd be my first thing comes to my mind. I can't think of anything else right offhand. Uh, okay, okay. So the history of urinary stones in parallel with civilization, the roots of modern science, and the history of urinary stone disease go back to ancient Egyptians and Mesopotamia. Hippocrates defined the symptoms of bladder stones. I've never seen. Anyone with bladder stones in my career. Mm -hmm. The first recorded details of perineal lithotomy were those of Cornelius Celsus. Oh my God. That, so they were doing this surgery back in like 2,000 years ago? Jeez Louise. Holy moly. That's yeah, going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. The earliest. Literary quotations to stone disease describing symptoms and prescribing treatments to dissolve the stone are observed within the medical text 
uh, Asutu in Mesopotamia between 3200 and 1200 BC. The first descriptions of cutting for the stone are found in Hindu and Greek writings. Oh, Shush, uh, Shushruta, this is 600 BC, was a surgeon who lived in ancient India and is the author of the book Shushruta Samida, which he describes 300 surgical procedures, including perineal lithotomy. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. Tacey, this is making my bladder hurt. Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing these perineal. Well, I mean, how? Do, who do you think was the first person that said, well, your symptoms are probably caused by a stone in your bladder. Let's cut it out. Wouldn't you? It wouldn't have, have to. They would have had to have done like a an autopsy post. Yeah. A bunch of. Well, they a, used a couple to do of, autopsies. Yeah, yeah. I would think. I mean, if you read the. Uh, uh, not the sword and the stone. What is it? Uh, the book about Michelangelo, something in the stone. Well, no, no, agony and the ecstasy. Okay. Um, he did. Um, he was an anatomist, and he would do autopsies on people. Of course, they didn't have formaldehydes. So these right. people stunk to high heaven, right. and it was really frowned upon. You know, I mean, if you did autopsies on dead bodies, you were considered weird, but that allowed him to get all the anatomy right in his sculptures and stuff. Well, you know, the Chinese, that's how they found a lot of their anatomy was, was prisoners after, um, oh were, yeah, yeah, they were, they probably, they do it. They wait till they were dead yep, before they, they did it. Well, dead. most of the time. Well, I think. <laughs> okay. It says here, oh, and here's Michelangelo who's thought to have high functioning autism. Really? Hmm. That explains his single-minded work routine, unusual lifestyle. Uh, he suffered from urinary stones. Ugh. How about that? Huh. Oh, his terminal illness with symptoms of fluid overload suggests he may have had sustained obstructive nep- nephropathy. That's where you no longer can get rid of fluid waste through mm. the urinary system. It just backs up and then you kidneys, die right. eventually. So, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte had, um, had bladder stones. The hell was I'm I'm really just kind of going through this trying to see if they say why so many people had bladder stones back then. But anyway, all right, hmm. can't find anything. That was a good one, Tace. Well, thank you. You're the one who sent them to me. Oh, I did. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Well, well, there you go. You got any more? Nope. That's it. That's that is it for time of topics. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair. Thank you. Thank you. Let's see. Hey, thanks, Tace, for uh, Tacey's time of topics. It was very good. Uh, stimulated a lot of conversation. We have any questions from the Fluid family there, Dr. Not, Scott? Not yet. Okay. And just remember, if anybody sends in a super chat, that must be done during the show. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's, um, let's do this one. Um, oh, yeah. I, I like this one. Let's, let's try this and see. Oh, of course. Here we go with the. Um, here we go. Hi, Dr. Steve, Dr. Scott, Casey. Hey, when I was a kid, I read stories on strange facts that intrigued me. And uh, there used to be stories about spontaneous human combustion. Correct. Was that a real thing? I used to get nightmares when I had fevers because of Ooh. those stories. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, so. 
the human body is a chemical factory, and chemical energy is amazing. If you think about it, you eat food, and then you can run a marathon. How many miles is a marathon, Dr. Scott? 24. 24 miles. You can run 24 miles without refueling mm. if you're in shape. Right on. That is the essence of chemical energy. It's unbelievable what you can do and turn chemical energy into motion and kinetic energy and potential energy, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but we are not, we do not have a mechanism in our body for runaway chemical energy to the point where the whole body will flame on. Okay. And uh, all of these cases, I used to believe in this back, I believed in a bunch of stupid crap when I was much younger. And, uh, but I did some research, and there are some common threads. Hmm. The people are obese. So people were like, oh, well, they've got fat. They are, but it, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the whole thing. They are obese, uh, alcoholics or drug abusers, and smokers. Hmm. So that kind of tells you the whole story. They're smoking, they're passing out. They're getting things are getting caught on fire, mm-hmm. particularly uh, under or uh, you know sleeping garments and stuff like that. And then if there's enough heat, the fat in their body can become rendered and then become fuel wow. for the fire. And uh, so they you know they come in and these people are just completely burned up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is that is the hypothesis. We've never caught it. While it's happening, because mm. how would you do that? You would put them out. Yeah. If you caught somebody, you're not going to sit there and go, oh, this person is yeah. Let's see what lit themselves on fire, and we're just going to see if this <laughs> fits the model that we have. And we're not going to do that. No. But that's uh, So, no, uh, there's no real mechanism chemically mm. with the kind of enzymatic chemical reactions that we have in the body to, to for the whole body to hit 451 degrees, gotcha. which is what the, the temperature paper flames on mm-hmm. at. Hmm. So, all right. But very interesting, though. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah very interesting. All right. Um, this one, Dr. Scott, you might be able to help with this one. Let's see here. Hey, Dr. Steve. I have a, two questions. Okay. First one, on October 18th, I had a uh, accidental overdose of uh, sodium. No, not sodium. Anyway, channel blockers, um, heart medication. Okay. Um, and uh, well, I, I was rushing to the ER. Um, they uh, put shit up my groin. They put shit down my throat. They put. Shit down in my neck. They well, when he says they put shit down his groin, what he means is they put a, a, a line in. Mm-hmm. You know, they got access. Mm-hmm. And what they put down his throat was probably a tube into his lungs to help him breathe. Right. Okay, someone, lest anybody be confused about what. My neck and put some. I know what he's saying. Wire down my neck to my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he may have had a temporary pacemaker. Wires down his neck into his heart would be, you know, a pacemaker. Unless they did a, unless they did like a stat, um, 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 angiogram or they're, you know. They're, well, okay. Yeah, they, that would be correct. Because then they would have got access in his leg. But they, they would have gotten that access in his leg. Going down, neck, wire, yeah. going down the neck, going down the neck and running wires in there is almost always, I a mean, pacer. it's going to be a pacemaker. pacemaker yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, when they took the stupid tube out, 
I haven't been able to talk right since. Yeah. So, um, can you tell me, am I ever going to get my normal voice back again? Yeah. I, so, they he had damaged vocal cords right. from... And when you when you intubate somebody, you're taking a tube. Well, f- first you got to get them in position, and they've got a a, a, um, a tube called a laryngoscope. And basically, it's just a it's a tongue depressor with a light on it and a handle. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it right because if you if you jack that thing at the wrong angle, you're going to break the person's teeth and stuff like that. So you got pull it, push it in their throat, and then just pull straight up. Now so they have video ones now, so that you can see that the endotracheal tube, which is the breathing the thing that's going to breathe for them, is going past the vocal cords into the trachea. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. And then it'll be enclosed by the vocal cords. Well, there's a balloon on the end of that, and you blow up the balloon, uh, which is circumferential, and that makes a good seal. So now you can put air in. It's not going to leak around the, the tube. It's just going to go into the lungs, and the only air goes into the lungs through the tube and comes out of the lungs through the tube. Mm-hmm. And if that thing is um, placed a little, you know, it, it could be a placement issue. Uh, there can be trauma. Tra- you know, it was an emergency. Right, so they're trying in. to jam this thing in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're trying to save your life. Right. It's not as clean as you would no- normally like for it to be, say, if you were doing surgery and the anesthesiologist is doing it because they got plenty of time and mm. it's calm and all that stuff. So they were trying to keep him from... Dying. Yeah. Dying immediately. Yeah. And there may be some trauma to the vocal cords. Now, yeah. if the vocal cords are just agitated uh, and um, they've got some swelling, swelling irritated, and inflammation yeah. and stuff, yeah. they should get better yep. and uh, and his voice should come back. If there's permanent damage, really only an ear, nose, and throat doctor is going to be able to tell that. So what they'll do is they'll shoot some cocaine or, or phenylephrine or something in your nose and they take a fiber optic scope, hopefully not the same one that they shoved up Dr. Scott's <laughs> in my bladder, no. but it's about the same size. Oh. And they'll uh, shove it in there and look around. Then they can point it downward and look at the vocal cords and see right. if there's permanent damage or if there's just some swelling there that'll go away over time. Yep, and they can do little tests like swallowing tests and things to make sure everything's moving normally right. in, in, inside there. Um but yeah. yeah. So if yeah, and if it is, and you speech know, pathology would be the place that would send you exactly. Yeah. If uh, if you um, just have damage, you know, mild damage that can be recovered from. Right. Yeah. Especially if there's inflammation. You know, and typically, you know, we'll see a lot of that in vocalist. Um, yeah. And and so what we do is is is, is get them rest is number one. Correct. To quit irritating it, obviously. And and if there's anything else that's offending, smokers, you know, maybe maybe living in spaces where there's not great yeah air quality. Um, you know, and the other thing is, Doctor Steve, depending on, but if all that's normal, what it, what can happen sometimes is too when they cock the head back, if they turn it one way, you can actually get pinched nerves in the neck okay. that can affect 
um, you're, 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 oh, you're I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just saying. So when they yeah. when they had him in the position, if right. they held him there long enough, right. he could have damage to the recurrent laryngeal nerve, right. and that may regenerate. Yes. As yeah. well. I mean, it can and it can be anything as long like, as you don't cut it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As long as it's not severed. You know. But even some. Well. Yeah. But that's a whole other discussion. But yeah. But if that's the case, what you know, there are a couple of things you you're making sure that you can check the viability of that nerve. You know, taking away any kind of stress. Anti-inflammatories can help, you sure. know, needles in there and stimulating that nerve can sometimes help to bring it back. So, yeah. So I mean, that's the kind of stuff yeah, I see do. an acupuncturist, yeah. but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have – that's not going to hurt anything. No, no, it no, might no. help. My niece, Chris, is a speech, Ph.D. speech pathologist. Wow, yeah. And um, she is probably yelling at her radio right now because <laughs> she would say, well, she has all that stuff. She could yeah. do the direct laryngoscopy herself. Right on. And uh, they do strobes and do all kinds of things. So if you can find a speech pathologist that can yeah. actually visualize your vocal cords, you could do that with one-stop shopping. But right if on. there is damage that needs to be repaired, then the ear, nose, and throat doc's the only one that's going to be able to do that. But anyway, yeah, so let's see what the rest of his questions are. Um, I did have pneumonia after they took the tube out. Okay. Um, I was on Combavent. The, uh, you know, the Combavent yeah, is an inhaler. It has albuterol and ipratropium bromide. So the albuterol is opens up the airways, and the ipratropium bromide decreases the amount of mucus that's being produced in the right. lungs. So. That should kind of help. But anyway, am I ever going to get my voice back? Second question is. Yeah, I I think so, but we need more information. So you know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. Find that guy. Oh, sorry. I was channeling Eric. Um, do, uh, yeah. So ENT, unless you have a speech pathologist right. in your area that could do it all in one fell swoop. I didn't shift the bed. Uh, what? I, my hemorrhoids exploded. Oh. oh. Is it, can you have hemorrhoids so bad that it causes you constipation because you just can't shit. Yep. And then uh, when they uh, burst, you just shit the bed. But, uh, okay, I know why he's asking this question, and he's asking for a friend. He's asking for a, 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 a friend. friend, of course. And I know who that friend is. But here's the here's the the truth: is that if you have a rectal fissure. Mm-hmm. It hurts so bad to move your bowels that your bowels will just go, you know what? We're just going to lay back here for a little mm-hmm. bit, and we're not going to uh, uh, defecate for a while. And that's a problem because the longer you wait, the worse it gets, and then the harder the stool is and the more it hurts. So you're really better uh, seeing a proctologist, have them see if that rectal fissure needs to be Fixed, or if they could just give you rectal rockets. You guys familiar with a rectal rocket? No. It's a wax rocket-shaped suppository. And the reason it's rocket-shaped is it's got the regular suppository shape, but on the other end, it's got wings, or you know, like a rocket. And uh, you shove this thing in your ass, and the wings on the very end keep it there. That right. It won't... Blew up. up. Okay. So it, it the the sphincter will hold it on the neck, and then the you have that part on the outside, and then part on the inside. It will just hold it there, and then you can put medication in there, cortisone, lidocaine, you know, to numb it up, gotcha. stuff like that, gotcha. to uh, try to heal that um, uh, that rectal fissure, or at least make it feel better, so that you can defecate. Yes. 
But um, now that's a rectal fissure. Hemorrhoids do bleed. And, um, you know, if you wipe your ass, say, with a sheet and there's brown stuff on it, you can tell the difference between stool and blood. That's the thing. And that's what this incident he's talking about. You can tell the difference. Yes. If I bleed on a sheet, I can tell that that's dried blood. If I take a dump on a sheet, I can tell that that is fecal matter. So... Uh, whether, uh, you know, you can make jokes like, oh, it looks like a chocolate-covered cherry. That's disgusting. There should not be shit in there. Just blood is, a, is enough. So people who know know what I'm talking about. And uh, But, yes, they can bleed. They don't explode. But people do have bleeding hemorrhoids. and uh, But they you should not be also, you know, leaking fecal matter at the same time. It's ridiculous. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Oh, remember we talked about Mia or Maya. Maya, that uh, that horrible um, malpractice case. And I, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's. Start. Hey, Dr. Steve, two things real quick. And I actually did a live stream about it as well. So that you can go to youtube.com slash at weird medicine for that. Do you remember? I was telling you or talking to you in chat about the uh, take care of Maya. Yes. Uh, court case that was going on. Right. This was a horrible uh, lawsuit Terrible. at um, a, a prominent university in the Research Triangle. And the um, documentary that was on Netflix. Anyway, it was a nine-week court case. It finally ended like last week or a week before. And uh, Okay. So if you remember, uh, the kid uh, was um, getting high-dose ketamine for uh, um, uh, CRPS, uh, regional pain syndrome. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they went to Duke University, they weren't doing it there, but the mom demanded it. And when they did, then the, the providers there thought that the kid was having Munchausen by proxy. Ugh. And then the kid was taken away from the mother, who then subsequently ended her life mm. uh, because of the stigma. And uh, so that's what this is. That's what what this is about. And we did talk about how this could have been prevented. Number one, if the providers had just listened rather than jumped to conclusions, and also if the parents had made arrangements ahead of time. Hey, this is what our daughter's getting at this other clinic in this other town. You, you know, it, can we find someone locally where that will understand what we're doing and just do it for us? Mm -hmm. You know, so there was way more culpability on the side of the medical team on this one if the story went the way that we understand the story to have gone. Anyway, the jury, and that's all allegedly, of course. So, awarded the family over a quarter of a billion dollars. What? Um, the total is like $262 million. Wow. Now, I wonder if the institution will pay that, will end up having to pay that. $250 million. Well, that's, you know, if they were trying to teach them a lesson, that's quite the lesson. The jury said that the hospital, the staff, and their actions caused the death of Beata Kowalski. That was the mother of Maya. Yeah. She uh, ended up killing herself because of. You know, they, yeah, it was a tragic, tragic story. And, you know, the thing about the law is they can't 
bring her back. No. The only thing they can do is they you, you, they have to, quote, unquote, make you whole. And the only way to do that, really, in this day and age is with money. Jeez. And you're still never whole. She's never The kid's never going to have her mom again. They took Myra away from her, and they uh, didn't allow her to see her. And they put this freaking beady lady in there who, who didn't let her talk to the kid. Yeah. What a fucking shit show that was. Yeah, it was. But I'm so glad they got $262 million. Good Lord. I think they can't go after the uh, DCFS, like Department of Children and Family Services. They are immune. They cannot be sued for the, uh, you know, taking the kid away. But I wish they could. And um, Yeah, you know, we have these kinds of cases sometimes where – you think there's abuse and neglect, and if you just talk to people, you find out that there's more to the story. And you just, I, I, you, yes, you have to protect the patient, number one, but you have to also put on your Sherlock Holmes hat and do a complete investigation, which obviously we have not done. We're going based on what the media is telling us. And I also understand what Gelman Amnesia is that, you know, for us to right. assume that what right. the media's account of this is true is nuts as well. Right. So we'll never know the truth, the whole truth of this. But I guess what we do know is that, there was quite the judgment um, against the uh, institution. So, Oof. anyway. So, before we go, Dr. Scott, you got anything from the Fluid family? And by the way, if you want to become part of the Fluid family, go to uh, youtube.com slash at weird medicine with weird medicine all being one word. You can join. We're going to start doing members-only things because we've got a bunch of members. It's only 99 cents. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. We'll do something. And, um, you know. Air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean for no, them, know, not for us. Oh, Jack rats. I'm asked. sorry. What's Christmas? I figured. You know. they, have to, they have to get something for joining it other than the dumb perks that you do get, which is you get to use uh, weird medicine-themed icons, you know, or emojis and stuff. But uh, I will. I'll be working on that, particularly over the break, cool. and uh, when I get a little bit of free time. But uh, um, anyway, so what do you got? Yeah, real quick, we've got three actually good ones in there. All quick questions. Okay. Um, Hickey Hickey wants to know if um, a husband has to get a pacemaker. He shoots left-handed and is concerned he will have to give up his rifles. Mm. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm, Wait a minute now. Yeah. Uh, sh that's an excellent question. Um, that yeah, would be, I would learn how to shoot right-handed. Really? You would think my, so? Would be my first Okay, thing so I, what you're worried about is, um, well, the, compression. the, the pacemaker is going to be in a pouch left, under the skin. Left on shoulder. The, right, yeah. right in the, in, in the left pectoral, pectoral muscle. Yeah. Um, I'm looking here. It says uh, instructions following pacemaker implantation from Texarkana Cardiology Associates. It says shooting a gun is fine after the device is in place. you got to make sure that that pouch is completely healed for right. one thing. Yeah, not anytime soon. Do not place the butt of the gun over the device itself. No. no. They say shooting with the opposite arm is recommended. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So now um, I think I could invent something that would take the pressure off of the pouch and redirect it somewhere else, mm -hmm. uh, that would be possible. But the, that's what they're worried about is that you're having a, um, a rapid acceleration type 
uh, pulse to the pacemaker. Mm-hmm. And if you break the pacemaker, you're aft. Yeah. And plus, I mean, you can you could dislodge. I mean, it's possible to dislodge wires. Sure. To 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 strain the wires. I mean, it's you know, it, that's a that's a big mess. So yeah. That could so potentially. So I would learn to shoot the other way, shoot or right shoot in. pistols. Yeah, shoot pistols. Um, How about a bow and arrow? Yeah, bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. You could do that. Yeah, that's even yeah. more fun. Yeah, I would even. Matter yeah. of fact, I will send him a copy One of, of your books. an archery book yep. that a friend of mine wrote. If they'll if they'll email me. Okay. That was his wife is in the chat, uh, but um, he is Hickey. Yeah, talk talk like hick. hick oh, me. talk yeah. like a hick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I call her Hickey. Oh, um, what does she care? She yeah, I'll say she, no, I'm just I think she's inc- she's encouraging him to put the button yes, of the gun I'm, on the left. Page, knowing, the knowing her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hey, long. she's actually trying to um, uh, come up with a legit way to kill him, but <laughs> she's not culpable. Right. But this is recorded for all posterity. That's Sorry, right. so. it's too late. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, so Longfellow wants to know. He, he takes uh, metropolol for PVCs. His doctor tells him that's that is they're benign. Is that true? Or this is but benign? PVCs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people with. Uh, well, it, it depends. In the absence of heart disease, PVCs are generally benign. Some people's hearts just do them. All of our hearts do them sometimes. We've all felt premature ventricular contractions. Every once in a while, you might feel your heart thumping out of your chest for uh, 30 seconds or so. Uh, or it's not even that long. It seems like it is. Uh, and athletes, elite athletes will have uh, more PVCs than anybody. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, if he if they're symptomatic, they'll treat him with metoprolol mm-hmm. or another beta blocker, and that generally works. But uh, what's going on is every once in a while your heart, you know, it, it goes beat, 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 beat. And then if it beats for whatever reason, just electrical noise, it goes beat, 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 and then it pauses. Mm-hmm. But during that pause... It is still filling up with blood coming from the venous side, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's stretching it, and then it's going, fuck, I've got to beat. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, kaboom, boom, boom, yeah. boom, like that. And, and that's gets your attention. And yeah. that's the part that catches your attention. It's yeah. not the skipped beat. It's the response to the skipped beat that you feel. And uh, it causes what we we name those palpitations mm-hmm. in uh, medicine. Now, if you're having a myocardial infarction, you have chest pain with palpitations. That's a, a, a poorer prognostic sign, mm-hmm. you know, if you're having a lot of PVCs with a heart attack. So, <clears throat> but in the absence of, of uh, heart disease, PVCs are premature ventricular contractions. Uh, tend to be benign. Gotcha. All right, good one. Yep, good one. Last one real quick. Um, Kush is asking, so why do um, or how do external hemorrhoids become internal hemorrhoids? They don't. Um, He said they occasionally... No, you either have internal hemorrhoids or external hemorrhoids. Right, he has occasional bleeding but not a lot of pain. And you can have both. Yep. So hemorrhoids are just uh, varicose veins of the ass. Mm -hmm. Tacey, you want to take this question? No. <laughs> Damn it, Steve. It's, it's nap time. Don't be fucking with her. <laughs> no. Get your hand off my penis. Oh, damn it. Get your hand off my 
Penis! <laughs> so they uh, they are varicose veins of the ass, and you can have internal ones and you can have external ones, and it just depends on where the vein enlarges. The external ones, if they clot, they become thrombosed external hemorrhoids, and that is those patients walk in in the most pain that you'll ever see anybody in that walk out completely pain free. Yep. Because when they walk in, they're bent over, they can't sit, and when you're done treating them, they walk out completely pain free. Those are some of your most grateful patients. Right but you have to incise it in the office, and you have to have your nurse. On the other side, the patient's curled up in a ball, fetal position. The nurse is standing in front of their chest, you know, and then they have to reach across the patient and lift the upper ass cheek up to expose this And that while you're working in there. Mm-hmm. You clean it all up, numb it up, uh, you make an incision, and you express the thrombus from there, and then you stick a corner of a piece of gauze in there to keep it from closing back up again. And then you tape their ass cheeks shut to uh, add pressure to keep the, the bleeding, to stop the bleeding. And, and then after about two hours, they can get in the bathtub and do like a sits bath and they're done. But they will walk out completely pain-free. Wow, that's awesome. All right. All right, guys. All right, well, thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks always go to Dr. Scott, Tacey. Thanks to everyone who's made this show uh, happen over the years. Listen to our Sirius XM show on the Faction Talk channel. Sirius XM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website, drsteve.com, for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for being